This is the Neurosurgery Podcast. One of the great things about being part of this podcast is we get to highlight programs and new programs. So today we're very delighted to be joined by Dr. Daniel Michael. Dan is the head of the program, uh, the residency tra- training program at William Beaumont in Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mike. It's great to be with you. Yeah. And so tell us a little about your program, how it started, when it started, what your resident compliments looking like now. I'd be happy to. Um, Our mission, I'd like to start with that, is to produce excellent, compassionate, and fully trained neurosurgeons competent to practice in community or academic settings. Now, a fellow by the name of Harry Truman, who was the president of our country, once said, the only new things are the things you haven't read in history yet. So I'd like to start with a brief history overview of our, our program. Royal Oak Beaumont is located 13 miles northwest of downtown Detroit, and it opened on January 1st, 1955. I remember that because that happens to be my birthday. Anyhow, it evolved from a community hospital to an eight-hospital system. Uh, Beaumont helped co-found Oakland University William Beaumont School of Medicine which at the time was the newest medical school in Michigan in over 50 years. Um, With regard to our residency program, we received preliminary ACGME approval in 2017 and accepted our first residence in 2018. Uh, We just completed our ACGME site review this summer and we're awaiting the results. Right now, uh, originally our first residence included a PG-1 we got through the match, a PG-2 and a PG-5 that we got from the Beaumont Osteopathic Program, which closed upon preliminary approval of the new residency. Our facilities include uh, Royal Oak Beaumont, which is the flagship hospital of 1,200 beds. Uh, Our service is... uh, fortunate to have access to four neurosurgical OR suites with all the modern uh, uh, bells and whistles. We have beautiful microscopes, new updated image guidance systems for head and spine. Uh, We have a spine robot. Uh, We have a neurosurgical intensive care unit, uh, busy trauma service. Uh, We actually have an infolded pediatric hospital Uh, which our pediatric neurosurgery service plays a a critical role. We have two endovascular suites. We have gamma knife and proton beam units. And uh, we submitted to the ACGME uh, 1908 uh, uh, index cases for neurosurgery uh, for the prior year. So those are pretty current numbers. Our residents also rotate at another Beaumont hospital, Beaumont-Dearborn, which is about a half an hour ride from the uh, Royal Oak facility. This is a 400-bed community hospital, has a very busy trauma service, also uh, features spine uh, surgery, tumor surgery, and functional surgery because the head of the uh, program there, Dr. Jun, uh, is... uh, internationally renowned uh, functional neurosurgeon, and that's where he does most of his practice. 
Uh, also, one of the facilities affiliated with our residency is the Michigan Head and Spine Institute, which is the lar largest private practice neurosurgery group in Michigan. Uh, MHSI provides seven of the nine faculty and also clinic facilities for our residents to rotate through. So the faculty uh, are seasoned neurosurgical practitioners, even though we're a young program. Uh, we have Dr. Fernando Diaz, who's a, a renowned neurosurgeon. Currently, his interest is in the, the robotic spine. We have Mick Perez-Cruitt, who's a pioneer in minimally invasive spine surgery. Dan Fahim, who heads up our neurosurgery oncology. We're fortunate to have uh, two just gifted skull-based surgeons, Jeff Jacob and Pradeep Seti. Mike Stout is a young fellow who just uh, joined us after his functional uh, fellowship. Uh, Ratnish Mira just finished a fellowship at UCSD in complex spine. And doctors Zakela and Serrano uh, are pediatric neurosurgeons. And I'm involved in directing the neurotrauma and critical care units. Uh, we graduated our first resident uh, this year in uh, July, June of uh, 2021, Dr. Wissam El-Falal, who is happily in private practice with Advent Health in uh, uh, the Neuroscience Institute there in uh, Southern Florida. Our current complement of uh, residents, Dr. Aaron Rapp is our PG-5, Dr. Leon Chen, our uh, PG-4, Dr. Eric Mong, PG3, Layla Nachar, our PG2, and Dr. Jordan Black is our PG1. Our uh, care team also includes 24 hours, uh, seven day a week coverage by uh, neurosurgical mid-level providers or advanced practice practitioners, whichever you prefer. And they're really team players. Uh, they enhance uh, our, not only our, our patient care, but also teaching. They're part of a teaching and our residents really get to learn how to work as a team uh, with these folks. Their value really can't be overstated. Uh, with regard to research, um, we have two main research interests within the department, uh, collaborating with other departments. Um, Dr. Perez-Cruitt heads up a, a just a, a very clever and unique uh, research program use, utilizing stem cells uh, to treat degenerative spine disease. He's uh, developed an animal model uh, in collaboration with one of the researchers at the uh, Oakland University. And uh, I'm involved in a, in a unique program using radiation therapy for Alzheimer's disease. We've actually brought that from our bench studies in uh, transgenetic <clears throat> uh, mice to uh, now treating patients. We, we have a uh, FDA phase one trial in progress, and we've got nine pin, uh, patients that we've enrolled at this point. There are also clinical uh, studies in spine, uh, skull base, and functional neurosurgery. Since our residency started, our residents have been involved in presentations and publications, over 30 of these, including a book chapter in Schmidtick and Sweet and original observations in peer-reviewed journals. Um, we are a new program, but we are uh, headed for excellence. I think we're off to a good start. And I am, I am very humble and very proud 
uh, to be the program director here. Well, Dr. Michael, as uh, any of, uh, of the podcast listeners or my poor co-residents can attest, I am a student and lover of history. So I truly appreciate you giving us a look into the beginnings of your program as well as how things look right now. But perhaps as we draw to a close here, if we could look to the future, usually at this point, I would ask the program director, what's the culture like at your program among the residents? But with such a new program, I have to imagine that in selecting residents, you are selecting those people who will form the personality of your department moving forward in the years and generations to come. So for the applicants listening this year, what kind of person to you is the ideal resident you're looking for to join your program there at Beaumont? Well, that's a great question. I, I, the short answer is we want the best resident we can possibly find. So if I can steal one from your place or from Harvard, I, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to do my best. Uh, we really want uh, people that are dedicated to excellence. I let the the folks that are interviewing with us know that right from the start. Um, but in addition to just being, you know, technically uh, good and and uh, doing well on their exams, um, we have to live with these people, you know, for the next seven years. And the older I get, the more I appreciate somebody that that just is able to get along. That's a real team player and. Um, you know, just uh, works hard, but, um, you know, is, is, is fun to be around. I think that would be my ideal candidate. Well said, sir. Well, Dr. Michael, uh, thank you so much for your time today and joining us here on the show to highlight Beaumont. Uh, I, I know that uh, our listeners will greatly appreciate the insight in your program and will have learned and appreciated just as much as I did today. So thank you, sir, for joining us on the Neurosurgery Podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Hi, and welcome to the Neurosurgery Podcast. Today, we have another installment in our residency spotlights for this interview season. We are delighted to be joined by Dr. Josh Osbin, the program director at WashU Neurosurgery. Dr. Osbin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here and uh, really honored to have the invite and to uh, be able to talk about our residency program. Well, of course, and we're delighted to have you. You know, we were talking before the show, and, and you pointed out to me, reminded me, that you recently got the job of program director at WashU. So congratulations. Of course, it's a double-edged sword with the extra responsibilities. But maybe with your recent ascension to the post, you could tell our listeners a bit about yourself and what WashU neurosurgery means to you now that you're taking the home for the residency. Sure. Well, thank you for uh, the compliment. Um <clears throat> Well, I'm Josh Osmond. I'm a cerebral vascular neurosurgeon, um, and I've been here at WashU over uh, six years now, going into my uh, seventh year. Um, and I'm really uh, proud of our program. Um, resident education and training has always been, you know, a big passion of mine. Um, you know, ever since I kind of uh, ascended from being a more junior resident to a senior resident when I underwent my training. Um, so it's a real honor to me that I've been, you know, bestowed with the responsibility to be able to be uh, our program director and lead resident training and education here at WashU. Um, you know, we have a really storied uh, program uh, that's had a many year history. Um, you know, we've been at the helm of uh, Ralph Dacey for nearly 30 years until the last uh, two years or so when uh, my more senior partner, Greg Zipfel, uh, was named chairman. So we're, we're going through a lot of positive change. Um, 
uh, looking forward while at the same time, I think keeping a lot of the traditions that Dr. Dacey um, uh, established here over his 30 year tenure as chairman. Um, and we're a three year program. Um, I really think that all my partners uh, and faculty uh, do amazing things in all aspects of uh, neurosurgical subspecialties, whether it be um, cerebrovascular like myself, uh, brain tumor surgery, both skull base uh, and gliomas, uh, functional neurosurgery and epilepsy, uh, pediatric neurosurgery, and then uh, spine care. So, you know, one thing I really appreciate about our program is that I feel like we have really all branches of neurosurgery well covered with great faculty who are wonderful teachers in the operating room who bring a diverse uh, uh, number of cases uh, uh, with really the you know, most cutting edge techniques uh, uh, being done. And then several of our faculty have, you know, really amazing um, uh, research going on. And uh, we have a really uh, strong track record of success with uh, NIH funding for our faculty, which then really trickles down to great opportunities for uh, both clinical, translational, and, and then basic science uh, research for our residents when they go into their lab years. You know, periods of change are always so exciting, and I, I think that's particularly true for people in this field. You know, some people are daunted by by change and facing change, but I think those in neurosurgery and those pursuing neurosurgery love to rise to that occasion, face that challenge, and enjoy the opportunity to shape something as moving forward through a period of transition. So perhaps you can talk a little bit about what you see as the culture moving forward, the plans for this transformation moving forward with yourself and Dr. Zipfel, as you said, as the new heads of this, again, as you said, storied program in neurosurgery? Well, um, you know, the nice thing is when you go through a chair change, you sort of get a, an influx of uh, resources, uh, you know, from your university to um, implement new programs. So, We've really invested a lot in um, um, two areas off the start. One is um, our uh, Brain Tumor Center and Brain Tumor uh, Research Center. So uh, this is an exciting area, kind of led by one of my partners, Dr. Albert Kim, who um, has been able to recruit several uh, uh, research faculty um, uh, to join our department, um, as well as really ramp up uh, some of our clinical and translational uh, work and uh, brain tumors, uh, you know, including uh, both gliomas and skull base. Um, we've been able to ramp up our uh, laser interstitial therapy program um, uh, using a brain laser and an interoperative MRI suite to treat uh, select tumors uh, as well as epilepsy. And um, with that has come, you know, a lot of uh, fodder to apply for um, research training grants with uh, for our residents. So um, we've now had six residents in a row uh, uh, receive our R25 grant uh, during their research time, uh, which has really uh, helped along by uh, some of the, the, the brain tumor uh, work. Uh, the other area that we're really investing in right now is uh, neuroinnovation. So another one of my partners, Eric Luthart, runs the Center for Innovation and Neuroscience Technology, which is a, a collaboration between uh, neurosurgeons, uh, vascular surgeons, and then several engineering faculty from our uh, main campus at WashU. We really all kind of get together in the same room, talk about our clinical problems and how we can um, innovate with devices and inventions to solve those problems. And uh, through that, um, we've been able to actually bring you know several products to market 
that are really changing uh, uh, neurosurgical care. So several of our faculty are involved in that as well. Several of our our residents are able to um, uh, really learn about um, innovation, device development, and, and entrepreneurship uh, as part of the program. So I find that to be a, a really exciting area. Our university is really investing in neurosciences right now. So we're um, in the process of building um, our new uh, uh, neuroscience center, um, which is a large building um, connected to the hospital that houses um, a new outpatient uh, clinic uh, um, office uh, with um, imaging in the first floor, uh, including CT, MRI, PET scan. Uh, also includes uh, several resources for radiation oncology, and then uh, also houses uh, uh, a lot of lab space for uh, you know really researchers uh, in neurology, neuroimaging, and then the neurosurgery department. So I think that's a really exciting development. Um, that's in construction right now and about two thirds of the way done with uh, completion. We're hoping to have it open um, uh, in late 23, early 24, and we'll be an incredible resource uh, for our program, um, you know, for research and, uh, and then uh, clinical care. That is phenomenal. What, what a wide spectrum of uh, resources available to your residents, both, you know, spanning everything from basic science research all the way to business and industry. As, as you pointed out, I wonder then if you could talk a bit about the residents themselves, maybe speak about your current complement of residents, what they're like, their personalities, and what kind of characteristics you think define the ideal WashU resident and thus what you're looking for in the applicants. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our residents uh, were a three-year program. Um, I think uh, we're a really, you know, diverse group. Uh, we have uh, six women in our program. Um, who, you know, not to knock any of my uh, male residents, but our female residents run circles around the guys. Um, <laughs> and um, I really think that we're, we're looking for, you know, nice people who are, who are social, who work hard, but who also know how to relax and have fun together. Um, what I like about my current resident compliment is that everybody's got a good sense of humor. Everybody uh, is lighthearted, but, you know, everybody also works really hard and works as a team. Um, I really instill that all of our residents uh, have each other's back. They're not out for themselves. Uh, they're thinking about their co-resident first and foremost before they're thinking about their cell themselves. And I really think that uh, that goes from top to bottom in our program. Um, our residents are really social with each other. Um, we actually give them a, a fairly substantial uh, resident social budget a year to spend. We encourage them to, um, you know, go out with each other on the weekends or on evenings and put on events uh, uh, so they can socialize with each other. I think it really helps with the uh, esprit de corps. Um, and they like to collaborate with each other uh, on projects, uh, you know, outside of just patient care. So they, they've done a great job working in teams on clinical research projects. Uh, our residents that are in the lab, um, are always finding ways to collaborate on their more basic science uh, projects with each other. And there's a lot of cross-pollination of projects uh, because of that, where everybody is kind of uh, growing um, in terms of their academic footprint. Um, and then, you know, when it is a bad day on service, um, you know, because they're all good friends with each other, they get through it together and um, nobody's really, um, you know, feeling like they're, they're left sort of holding the bag with, 
everybody else going home. So I really appreciate that they they work really well as a team together and they all develop really good friendships with each other. Well, speaking of that esprit de corps and more importantly, that social budget, maybe you could say a few words about life in St. Louis. You know, I confess I haven't visited yet. It's been uh, near the top of my list of cities to see since I moved to Chicago. Um, and we all know about the arch, but maybe you could tell our listeners who may not have a chance to visit before their virtual interviews a bit about life in the gateway to the West. Yeah, so St. Louis is, you know, a, a medium-sized metropolitan city, but it's got uh, a lot of resources. Um, cost of living isn't horrible, so most of our residents actually uh, own their own uh, homes, um, and that's everything from you know, freestanding single family houses, the condos, the townhouses. Um, and it's a good investment. Um, I'll say that since I've been here, most of the graduating chief residents have actually uh, sold the home that they bought as an intern or a PGY2 for a substantial profit when they leave. Uh, so I think it's a good financial investment for our residents and it's actually affordable uh, in St. Louis. Uh, we're a great city for food and restaurants. Um, our area just near the hospital called the Central West End, um, you know, really has the best nightlife in the city with several bars and restaurants. Um, and it's a nice, uh, you know, wooded neighborhood with a lot of sort of, you know, speakeasy type uh, places. Um, it's a great sports town. Um, you know, we have a great uh, professional hockey team, uh, world-class baseball team that has the most championships uh, other than the New York Yankees uh, and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, we unfortunately lost our professional football team a couple of years ago, but, um, you know, we've gained um, now a uh, MLS soccer team, uh, which we're all excited about starting this season. Um, and um, <clears throat> otherwise, uh, you know, the, the Midwest has uh, more than meets the eye for out outdoor activities, uh, hiking, uh, whitewater rafting, and, uh, a lot of lake and uh, uh, riverfront activities. So there's, there's plenty to do on uh, the weekend. Uh, me personally, um, I'm a big cyclist and uh, this is one of the best cycling cities I've ever lived in, you know, including, you know, the, the Northwest and, and uh, West coast uh, where I trained. Um, and then a lot of our residents are, you know, really into golf. And this is uh, one of the best golfing cities uh, in town, even though I don't necessarily participate in that myself. Phenomenal. Well, Dr. Osborne, um, again, congratulations on the new job. I'm sure this is both the, the best and worst time of year to be settling into it with all the paperwork and the interviews, though I'm sure also the most gratifying. Uh, but we want to thank you for your uh, very precious time this time of year coming on the show to give our listeners and the applicants an inside scoop on WashU neurosurgery. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, thank you, JP and Vignesh. I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk with you and for you taking the time out of your busy schedules of residents to uh, uh, interview uh, all the programs. Uh, this is a great resource uh, for neurosurgery nationwide, and uh, your efforts are extremely appreciated across the board. Welcome to the Neurosurgery Podcast, here today with another installment in our Residency Spotlight Series for this year's virtual interview season. I am just delighted today to be sitting down in person with Dr. Nader Dadele, one of my favorite surgeons in Chicago. We always love interviewing in person. I love seeing Dr. Dadele. He's here to talk about Northwestern University, where he is, of course, the program director. Dr. Dadele, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, uh, JP. I'm delighted to be here, and I'm delighted to be in person, actually, 
uh, during the pandemic. Uh, we're still in, in, in this pandemic, unfortunately, but it's, it's fantastic to see you in person. And uh, I look forward to uh, meeting you this morning. Yeah, of course. You know, I've really enjoyed getting to know you these past couple of years since I interviewed and then moved to Chicago. But for our listeners who haven't had a chance to meet and get to know you themselves, maybe talk a bit about yourself, how you came to Northwestern and the program directorship and what the program here, the department means to you from the inside, the culture, the personality. Absolutely. So um, I'm Jordanian, uh, obviously, and I... Uh, did my undergrad and med school at the American University of Beirut, and I um, trained at the University of Iowa. Uh, I did my uh, residency training there um, in Iowa, and then I did a fellowship uh, at Northwestern and minimally invasive spine surgery with mostly Dr. R uh, Richard Fessler, and also spent some time with uh, Tyler Koski. And I stayed on faculty uh, just right after I finished my fellowship, so I started my job here in 2013 and um, was an assistant uh, PD, APD, assistant program director, uh, since I took this job here for five years, and then for the past three years, this is my fourth year as the uh, residency training uh, program director, which is something I really love to do and I like to do. Um, I think uh, training the next uh, generation of neurosurgeons is an important uh, mission and job. Uh, if we don't train the next generation of healthcare, who will take care of our patients. So that's an important um, job, in my opinion, and uh, it's something that I enjoy doing as much as I enjoy taking care of patients. Um, uh, so what is the culture here? The culture here is, and the vision is, you know, uh, is pretty clear, uh, which is, um, emphasizes on how, uh, what can we do uh, to uh, further uh, and advanced neurosurgery, uh, meaning that how can we li leave an impact in this field of neurosurgery beyond patient care? And that's uh, what helped us, you know, structure the residency program uh, such that it incorporates two years of what we call career development. Uh, at that time, um, when you're spending those two years, we, we have uh, our residents capitalize on, on many opportunities that we have here at Northwestern that would set the stage for them to um, uh, allow them to achieve their potential in terms of uh, either doing basic scientific research, clinical trials, uh, global neurosurgery, um, education, uh, anything that they want to do beyond patient care that would allow them to leave an impact in the field. And that's the culture here. And that, you know, our faculty here, each one of them brings so many things to the table. And that's what we want our residents to do uh, in this training program. You know, thinking about leaving an impact on the field of neurosurgery, since your tenure as program director has begun, there's already been an impact on the program itself here. I know when I was interviewing a couple of years ago, you were describing this new apprenticeship model that the residency would be taking, which now has been implemented for a couple of years now. Maybe you could talk with the listeners a bit about how that came to be and how that's functioning now with the residency training. So the, uh, what led to the, uh, us to switching to an apprenticeship uh, model of, of, of training, um, you know, was, it was work in progress. We implemented that two years ago. However, uh, there was a lot of work behind the scenes, maybe a couple of years before that, uh, where uh, Dr. Katie uh, Bant, our uh, assistant program director who uh, experienced the apprenticeship model um, 
at, during her residency training at uh, WashU. Uh, so she had a lot of experience with that and we wanted to switch to something different to allow our residents uh, to spend uh, more time taking care of patients, more time in clinic, and consistent time, predictable time with, with specific faculty. Uh, so the uh, apprenticeship model here, it's, uh, it's been, it has received a lot of positive uh, feed reviews from our uh, faculty and residents. It's a superior way to acquire knowledge. So for instance, um, during your second year as a resident, you will uh, spend um, four months uh, doing, for instance, uh, a spinal rotation with specific faculty, operating with them day in, day out, going to their clinics, uh, taking care of their, their patients, and uh, having one-to-one um, uh, -one mentorship uh, and uh, direct feedback from specific faculty before you s switch to a different rotation, for instance, tumor, or a different rotation, uh, or vascular. And that's, um, you know, so you do that for a couple of years, um, and then um, uh, as an R4, uh, uh, you will uh, spend time in the uh, Lourdes Children's Hospital uh, doing your pediatric rotation, four months of functional neurosurgery, and then four months of um, having these, uh, experiencing the community practice at uh, uh, the CDH Hospital um, uh, in the western suburbs. Yeah, so it, it is pretty clear, I would say, that the subspecialties of neurosurgery are all represented here. As you mentioned, the Northwestern Hospital is attached to Lurie Children's, where we all rotate in Chicago for pediatrics. Um, but what might be less clear to some of our listeners is some of those options you mentioned uh, that are available for residents to kind of personalize their experience here. So within the elective time at the residency program here, what are some unique experiences or unique avenues available to residents at Northwestern that our listeners might not have heard about? So there are many different um, opportunities to, uh, to experience here uh, as uh, during your elective time. Um, you can obtain an Masters of uh, Business Administration and MBA at uh, Kellogg's. Uh, we have three to four of our residents obtain that um, uh, degree, especially if you're into uh, pursuing a career in administration after, after your residency or, or incorporate that in your job um, uh, search. In addition to that, you can obtain a Masters of Science in Clinical Investigation if you want to become well-versed in uh, uh, pursuing a career in, uh, that incorporates clinical trials and uh, serious uh, clinical research. You can also uh, join a lab um, where you can do bench type uh, research and uh, become well-versed in uh, uh, basic scientific research and um, applying for grants and getting them funded. I have a lot of mentors here at Northwestern who run uh, big labs and are PIs on um, multiple different uh, basic scientific projects. You can get into global neurosurgery. Uh, we had one of our residents uh, who uh, obtained a Fogarty or one of Fogarty Fellowship uh, funded by the NIH and spent two years in Peru. Um, Dr. Roxana Garcia did that. Um, there's an opportunity to collaborate across departments with uh, the Department of Biomedical Engineering and uh, get into um, uh, uh, innovation and the product development. So the sky's the limit. As long as you uh, pair yourself with the correct mentor and we start working on that early on in your residency, 
you know, you will uh, choose a path of success and, uh, you know, there are many things that you can capitalize on during your elective time um, at Northwestern. Uh, we also have the opportunity for residents too to spend time at, in Rome uh, in the Catholic Hospital to experience a different uh, healthcare uh, uh, system in Italy uh, and, and see how they uh, manage their uh, patients uh, with various uh, neurosurgical pathologies. That was an excellent experience too that our residents are, you know, have the option of, of, of doing uh, during their elective time. Phenomenal. And I, you know, speaking of the various departments here and the research that's going on, both basic science and clinical, I'll remind our listeners, we recently had Dr. Roger Stoop on the podcast talking about some of the clinical trials happening in the neuro-oncology program here at Northwestern. Um, as we're wrapping up, Dr. Dottolet, we want to respect your time, but maybe we could talk a bit about what the residents like to do outside the hospital. What's life, you know, I, I've been ranting for years on the show about life in Chicago, how nice it is in the summer, how bitter but still fun it is in the winter when we're talking now. Um, but maybe for the Northwestern perspective, you can talk about some of the personalities in your group of residents and maybe talk a bit about where the hospital is located in the city. So our motto here is work hard and play hard. So we play hard because we have the opportunity to experience, you know, Chicago and uh, all what it brings uh, from culture, uh, nightlife, uh, you know, summertime is here is fantastic. The food, the restaurants, um, and the location of Northwestern in particular, it's in the middle of the downtown, uh, downtown Chicago, just, uh, a block away from Michigan, from, Michi- uh, from Michigan Avenue, the Magnificent Mile. You know, you can have access to um, all sorts of things walking a distance. Uh, so because we have all of these going on here, our residents are definitely uh, enjoy their time a lot outside the hospital. We have a tightly knit community here. We, there's really no barriers between faculty and residents. We hang out all the time with each other. We um, have our... Um, Christmas party every year that we look forward to. There's a boat trip organized by our chairman, Dr. Lesniak, every summer. There is the graduation uh, party, which we take extremely seriously in a very nice um, hotel, seated dinner, huge program. There are many different opportunities as a department where we uh, gather together uh, with our residents, and there are definitely, you know, our residents, you know, they, they hang out all the time outside the hospital. And they're very closely, um, uh, it's a closely knit society, uh, culture. Everyone's friends with each other. Um, it's a very uh, wonderful environment to be here. Uh, wonderful to be here in this wonderful environment. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, our residents have a lot of things in common. They, you know, a lot of them, they play golf, work out. Uh, uh, they, uh, uh you know, go to restaurants and gather together and um, have a lot of fun, you know, experience the nightlife here on weekends. So that's definitely something that uh, is appealing uh, and is, is a, you know, the access to all these things is, is, is actually a strength, uh, you know, because it's a stressful, stressful residency, obviously, taking care of the sickest of the sick patients. So you need to have an outlet and that's good for well-being, I think. Uh, an individual who has something to look forward to uh, after they're done with their work. Uh, it just brings in more productivity and, um, uh, you know, wellness. We keep, we keep the wellness at, at a maximum here. 
you know, we always strive our best to keep the morale high uh, day in, day out. And that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's something that I take seriously, uh, just to make sure that I gauge the morale of the team and make every effort uh, to keep it uh, sky high. Phenomenal. Well, Dr. Dottelay, we want to thank you for coming on the show today and giving this inside look uh, at the Northwestern program for all of our virtual applicants this year. Uh, getting to sit down and talk with you again this morning was truly supreme. Uh, thanks so much, uh, JP. Thanks for having me. And uh, uh, you're a role model for, uh, for, for residents across the mm. United States, um, you know, with your podcast. And uh, this is, you know, a, a, a fantastic example of going above and beyond and you know, trying to achieve your potential and leaving an impact in the field. Disclaimer time. The opinions and ideas expressed in this show are solely those of myself, Dr. Wang, and our guests. They do not represent the opinions of any professional institution or organization. This show is for entertainment purposes only and does not constitute the giving of medical or legal advice. Listening to or participating in this show does not constitute continuing medical education or any other professional certification. It's just a show, everybody.